Praise the Lord. Well, I know Greg said it's going to be it's going to be sunny when we get out, unless that, not not unless that rain goes away. I turned around and told brother brother Glenn. I said I'm going to preach till it gets dark anyway. So he said 7:30. Now I'm not going that long, but uh, uh, we were kind of joking about it. Praise God. Well, it's it's good. To, how many of you are ready to get in the Word of God tonight? If you've got your Bible, I want you to open up to Romans chapter one. We want to look at a few things tonight about the subject of our salvation. And how we partake of that salvation. Not just uh, to get, salvation means more than to just be born again or become a Christian. Salvation is what we have because of what Jesus did. And so we want to look tonight at that. We're going to start in Romans chapter 1. And I want to read verses 16 and, excuse me, 16 and 17. Here, I'm going to read from the King James Bible here. Because uh, after all, Paul wrote in King, no, Paul didn't write in King James English, right? It says, uh, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, what's that? What's the it? The gospel. What's gospel mean? You know, good news. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ. Anytime we talk about Christ and Jesus, it should be good news to people. Amen. Right? You know, and so I think about that sometimes, you know, am I, am I preaching good news? Is this good news or am I bringing condemnation? Because if it's condemnation, that's the devil. He didn't say go out and preach condemnation. He said preach the good news, right? So good news of Christ. For it, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So it doesn't matter if you were, you know, uh, the chosen people of God or you weren't. Salvation belongs to everybody because of Jesus. Verse 17, for therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What does righteousness mean? Right standing with God. Being in, uh, I know uh, one of our instructors, uh, the head of the ministerial association, Brother Doug Jones, was down in Central America. And he was preaching about righteousness. And uh, the uh, interpreter kept saying a phrase, it wasn't just one word. And he said, well, what are you saying? He said, well, in English, it would be a good place with God. Instead of righteousness, he said, it's a good place with God. So he said, for therein, in the gospel, is that good place of God with God revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now here in, uh, in Romans chapter 1, it says, it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, I've got a Bible study uh, uh, program here on my computer, my little uh, tablet here, and I can look up some things here. And it, uh, uh, I want to I first of all read what uh, uh, Schofield said in his Bible. Well, hang on. I've got to go back to verse 16, then I can read it. Uh, concerning this, this is the C.I. Schofield uh, how many of you have ever heard of a Schofield Bible? You ever seen a Schofield Bible? Yes. This is his note. He said the Hebrew and Greek, and he gives the Greek spelling there, of the word salvation and save, it means this, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. So just putting those definitions in there. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto safety. Okay, we could say it. It's the power of God unto preservation. How many of you, how many of you are thinking about being preserved these days? <laughs> Amen. It's the power of God unto healing. It's the power of God unto soundness. 
I love what he goes on to say. Salvation is the great inclusive word of the gospel, gathering into itself all. Everybody say all. All. Tell your neighbor all. All All the redemptive acts and processes, such as justification, which is the act of declaring one righteous, redemption, which is buying us out 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 of the bondage we were in, grace, propitiation, the actual Jesus taking our place as a blood sacrifice, imputation, what does it mean to impute? Well, he, he, he imputed our, our sins were imputed to him and his righteousness was imputed to us. It was a great exchange that took place. Forgiveness, sanctification, and glorification. So when we talk about salvation here, you can see it's a word that means so much more than just to get born again and become a Christian. Even though if it was just that, how great would that be? right? But it means so much more than that. When we got saved, it just wasn't so, okay, now we can go to heaven. No, our salvation brings us back into, 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 uh, agreement with God's original plan for mankind. When God created man, male and female created he, them, the Bible says he gave them dominion over all the earth. Over all the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air. It's, I like this. It said every creepy, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. How many of you glad to have dominion over creeps? Now, don't point at anybody. But, you know, we, have, we were given authority. We were told we, because we were in the image of God, created in God's image. And, uh, and so through our salvation, we're brought back into that. Now, when God created mankind, there was no, there was no nothing on earth that would, would, would be unsafe. There was nothing from which they needed to be preserved. There was nothing from which they needed to be healed. And there was nothing uh, that would cause them not to have soundness in life until sin entered. And when sin entered, all those things came into the earth. All right. And so thank God though for salvation. It is the power of God. The gospels, the power of God unto salvation. Okay, to everyone that believes, believes. Now, Jesus, we could say this, Jesus, Jesus died for every person who has ever lived and will ever live. He bore their sins, your sins, my sins, and anybody in the past, present, future. Jesus bore our sins, right? Now, but uh, in order to partake of that, there is a believing element that must, must take place. It said, to everyone who what? Believes. Believes. So if I don't believe, I'm not going to have salvation. I have to believe. All right? And we're going to see that is something that is. And believing's not hard. It's not hard. I mean, we don't have to. I mean, sometimes we think of believing. Okay, I got to work this up. Work. No, no. You just spend time with God, you'll believe. Spend time with him in his word. And spend time worshiping him. Spending time with him. All right? You know, the more you spend time with someone, the more you get to know them, right? And what happens when you get to know somebody? Well, you figure out whether or not you can trust them or not. Now, I'm going to guarantee you with God, you can trust God. Amen. Okay? You get to know him, and you know him through his word. You know him through uh, uh, him. Now, listen, I'm going I'm to say something here and understand. I realize that people say, well, we're the only Jesus the world's ever going to see. Ah, they're going to see him through the word. But I don't, believe, I don't believe and trust God because of any of you. I'm sorry. God bless you. I love you. And I don't want you to trust God and believe, believe in God because of me. I want you to do it because you know God for yourself. Amen. Do you remember when Jesus went in, it's in John chapter 4, 
there was a woman there at the well, and Jesus said, give me to drink. It's a Samaritan woman. He said, why are you asking me a Samaritan, you know? And went through that whole thing. And he finally said, he said, well, you know, talked about if you drink, there'll be a, uh, this, if you drink of this water that I will give you, you'll never thirst again. She said, I want that water. And then he said to her, well, go call your husband. She said, well, I'm not married. He said, you've rightly said you're not married. In fact, you've been married five times. And the guy you're with is not your, not your husband. And she said, I perceive you're a prophet. And he literally told her he was the Messiah revealed himself to her. And then she went in town and said, come meet a man who's told me everything I ever did. They flooded. Those guys jumped up out of their seats. They ran out there to meet him for themselves. Why? Well, she thinks, I mean, she's, if she's had five husbands and one, the guy she's with not, 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 isn't married to, and she's with him now. Amen. You thinking along with me here? They want to know. Well, they come out and meet him, but then they told her, after they, got, after they met him for their sisters, they said, we believe because now we've met him. Well, we've seen him. We've heard him now. Not just because you said it. Now we believe because of this. You know, you should believe. I, I tell there at Raymond at the, at, the, at the college, you know, and telling students, and I say it anywhere I go. I don't want you to believe this because I say it. I want you to believe it because you see it in the Bible for yourself. All right? And so here, that, but that's why we spend time talking about this. It's, it's he that believes. And it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. Uh, it's just, are you believing? Okay. And I, I, like I said, I love that Schofield, Schofield note there. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter. Uh, I wrote one. It should be two guys. I'm sorry. It's Ephesians chapter two. If you put one, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 4 through 8. And so we want to look at this word. Now, there's another word, not only salvation. How about the word saved? The word saved. The word saved, uh, the way it, it can be translated, it can also be translated to be made whole. All right. It is also, it's, it's related to the word, the word salvation. It means, you know, if I'm saved, I have, if I got salvation, then I'm saved. But this word uh, saved can be translated in several different ways. But by definition, fair gives it this definition. It says, it says to, uh, to save, to keep safe and sound. To rescue from danger and destruction. Well, that kind of sounds like what Mr. Schofield said about salvation. It says uh, to save someone from injury or peril, to save a suffering one, one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health. It means to, to save means to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue. This is from Thayer's uh, uh, definition of this word from the original Greek language that the Bible was written in. Okay, so to save, it's not just, to, not just from... Uh, uh, to be born again, not just to become a Christian, but it means all these other things. And so salvation is something uh, that is not just a one-time event. It's a lifetime. We're to live in our salvation and partake of it. So look at Ephesians chapter two, verse four, but God, I love that. I love that phrase, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has, past tense, quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. By grace, you are what? Made whole. 
By grace you are preserved. By grace you're kept safe. All those words. By grace you're healed. Now listen. Here's, here's a, we, we've fallen into a trap if we're not careful. Now, I'm not saying when we talk about grace, grace never means you can just live like the devil and God's going to bless you. It never means that. In fact, once you get saved, you don't want to live like the devil. That's why you got saved in the first place. It's to quit living like the devil and being under his control. Right? Now, you know, uh, if you, and, and no one can be good enough to get saved. Grace means it's a gift. Do you deserve it? No. Now, I know as a little child, if you're not careful when you're growing up, you think you deserve all those presents on your birthday or at Christmas. But really, they're all gifts, like grace is a gift. Someone loved you and gave you something. You don't deserve it. I'm not really. You didn't earn it. You just, you're just being. I'm just, hey, I live to another birthday. Right? And uh, anything, it, when people, when they, you don't know that as a little child, but as you grow older, you realize it, it is just a gift. And, you fit, and, and it should be an honor and a, a, humble, a humble thing, but you realize you can't do anything to earn that. All right? Well, God's grace is the same way. We can't do anything to earn it. And so there's nothing, if, it, if salvation is by grace, there's nothing we can do to earn that. Now, remember, what does it mean to be saved? It means to be healed. So you can't earn your healing. Amen. Well, now, because, and I understand, you know, some of you, some of you may be like me. Now, I've been, it'll be this summer, June 30th, will be the 40th, my 40th birthday of being saved. All right. And then in August, I don't know the date on that. I didn't write that down. I should have, will be the 40th anniversary of the first sermon I preached. Now, why they let somebody preach a sermon who'd only been saved less than two months, I don't know. But I preached in the, in the, at the, at the, uh, at the, the house where the, where the, the parish, uh, uh, the, the, they don't call him pastor, but the priest of the Catholic church, the parish at his basement, there's a group of Catholics together. And I taught on the, on the baptism of the Holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues right there. And that, and, uh, and uh, some of them received, some of them already had it. There was a great, you know, back in those days, there was a big move. And, it, and it's really, it's happening again. There's a big move in denominational churches of people wanting more of God. And God's pouring out his spirit. Hallelujah. There's something going on in Tennessee right now with denominational churches that are, they're crossing, they're actually crossing denominational lines coming together in different people's, different church buildings this was house to house. We had these meetings and houses. They're coming across. They said, we don't care. God's moving. We're going over there. And it's in denominational churches. Glory to God. Hey, I don't care. If God's moving, that's, I don't care where it is. We want God to move everywhere. We want, see, we can't just pray for revival and say, just us, God. Revival's for everybody. Amen. And the thing, why is revival so important? Well, it blesses us. But when people get revived, they get active. And when they get active, they get to harvesting. And that's the idea, all right? So for by grace are you here. You can't earn it. Let's keep reading here because it's just so good. It says, it has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now physically, we're not there right now, are you? You're sitting right here in, on Northwest Expressway here in Oklahoma City. Well, not on Northwest, but you know, in this, you're, we're, we're here. But in the spirit, we're there with him. We're seated with him. In heavenly places. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. 
in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. See, he wants to continue. Ages to come doesn't necessarily just mean eternity. It starts now. He wants to show us the riches of this grace. For by grace are you saved. Now notice this, through faith. So I do have a part in this, if you will. It's not a transaction. I don't want to make it like it's, like it's a total business transaction. But yet grace has provided me something. How do I receive it? Through faith. Through faith. Now what happened is if you're not careful, then faith becomes a way to earn what grace has provided. And I know, and I, I brought up that uh, 40 years, I was getting ready to talk about, back in the early day, you know, early days, there's a lot of things, you know, that, that when I was, just, uh, you know, getting into this and starting to learn, you heard a lot of different things, you know. And uh, thank God for, for Brother Hagin, and he just stayed with the word, and thank God for the Bible, you know, because it's the same as it always has been. But uh, uh, you'd hear people, you know, they talk about, they're, they're trying to, they're believing, they're receiving, and they, they confessed it a thousand times. And on the, when I said it the thousandth time, why they counted, I have no idea. The power of God hit me, and I was totally healed. Well, okay, but I can't make a formula out of your experience. I can't make doctrine out of my experience. And I can't interpret the word of God by my experience. I have to let the word of God interpret my experience. See, it's, a, it's the other way around. I don't go, well, I had this experience, so this must mean this word means this. It's no, the word says this, so my experience must be this. Okay? If I didn't experience what the word said, then it's not the word's fault. It's not God's fault. It has to lie here. So what do I, how, do I need to make an adjustment? Yeah. Amen? Do I need to make a transformation? Do I need to renew my mind? So it's not how many times you confess it, even though confessing it and saying it is a part of faith. That's one way we release our faith. In fact, probably one of the major ways we release our faith is through what we say. Uh, go over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Here, just looking again at a couple references of the word saved. So grace, grace means this, God has already done the work. It's there available for me. I access it through faith. For by grace am I saved. Well, by grace am I healed. By grace are all my needs met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I, but I do obey the word. Now what's the word say? Give and it shall be given unto you. I don't just throw that out. So well, I don't have to do nothing. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to call it in. You can call all you want. It ain't coming. That's like, that's like it says cast your bread on the water and it shall come back on every wave. If you haven't cast any bread, it's not coming back. A lot of people waiting for their ship to come in. Well, did you send one out? All right. You know, now in our day, you know, man, you can order anything, and get it delivered to your house. I mean, you can, you think about it. You can call, you can order on your phone or on your device. You can, you can push the button and you can get a Big Mac delivered to your front door. Amen. Now, some people, that's how they want things to work. They want God to work that way. Now, God, I'm just going to sit here. All right. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And then you have to do right. No, that's not how things work. Now, here's the thing. 
The enemy won't keep a Big Mac from coming to your house, but he'll, keep the, he'll try to keep the blessings of God from coming to your house. But we have to use our authority over him. Now, here, here in Acts chapter 2, glory to God. <laughs> I'm not going out to get a Big Mac after this. Now, you can if you want. But. Verse 21, I love this. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Well, made whole. Healed, preserved, kept safe. Glory to God. Calling on the name of the Lord. All right. Look at Mark chapter 5. Remember here in Mark chapter 5, this woman that had the issue of blood? She had it. She, doesn't, she didn't have it after. She had it in verse 25, but in verse 34, by verse 34 is gone. <laughs> Sometimes you say, remember that woman, remember the woman with the issue of blood? No, she doesn't have it anymore. She had it. But she'd been sick for 12 years, had some type of bleeding situation, been sick for 12 years, had gone to many physicians, all right? The Bible says she'd, she'd spent all that she had was nothing better. But she heard of Jesus. And when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I will touch but his garment, I shall be made whole. Same word translated whole there is the word saved. Same word that's translated saved. All right, sozo, S-O-Z-O in the English spelling of it. All right, but look what Jesus said to her after she came and testified uh, what, would, what would happen to her. Jesus said to her in verse 34, daughter, your faith. Everybody say her faith. May, has made you whole. Well, what, what was it? He uses the word whole there. It's, when it was written by Mark, it was sozo, or has healed you. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Has made you whole, or has healed you, or has saved you. Daughter, your faith. Now, we know when she touched him, power went out of him, right? He said, somebody has touched me. And the disciples were amazed. They said, look, master, everybody's touching you. The multitude's thronging you and touching you. How can you ask us who touched me? He said, no, somebody touched me. Because he knew that power had gone out. And he looked around about to see who had done that. And she came. She knew immediately something happened in her. She came and told him the whole story. That's why we have this story here. All right. But he said, your faith has made you whole. Why? Grace provided the healing anointing upon Jesus. But faith reached out and received it, partook of it. The healing anointing was there. In fact, turn over to chapter 6, Mark 6. Look at Mark 6. Look here in uh, uh, just verse 56, just to save time here. Mark chapter 6, verse 56. And whithersoever, that's one of those fancy King James words, I like that. Wherever he entered, into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that, he, that they might touch, if it were, the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. There's that same word again. Now listen, they didn't do anything to earn. They're not earning healing. They didn't earn the healing power that was on Jesus. 
Remember Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Well, that healing power resides within Jesus and it resided within him to such a degree that you could just touch his clothes and you could partake of that healing power. But they didn't do anything. They didn't, you know, they didn't call DoorDash and say, hey, send me, send me a, a bag of healing, right? No, God provided it. God had already done it, but they partook of it by reaching out and taking hold. So what, how did that? They used their faith. All right. Now, faith is not earning it. Faith is not working for it. Faith is just how we receive it. If I put $100,000 in your bank account and you never write a check, never make a transfer, or never use your debit card and get it out, it's not going to benefit you at all, is it? You have to learn how to make the withdrawal. Or let's put it this way. You have to learn how to make the connection with the money that's there. How do I connect with it? Well, I can write a check. I can use a debit card. I could go to the bank and make a withdrawal. All right. I didn't work to get the money there. It was given to me. But I do my part to partake of it. You didn't work to get saved. You didn't work for your salvation. It's a gift. But we do our part to partake of it. How? Through faith. Now look here in Mark chapter 10. This is a a great example of this man. I love what this man did here and how how he acted on what he believed. We not only, see the woman not only said what she believed, she acted on it, didn't she? So faith not only speaks and confesses, faith also acts. Mark chapter 10 verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And he, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. It was interesting. Uh, uh, I looked up that. I don't know why. I just never. Sometimes I just, you read along, read along. But one day I was kind of impressed to look up what this word charged here meant. They charged him. And I found out that it is a word that carries the meaning to dishonor. To dishonor someone. And, and one commentator said, based on that, it said, they literally said to him, be quiet, you don't have any value. It's not worth the master stopping to talk to you. But aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that's not how God views you? Amen. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. And he cried out the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying, be of good comfort, rise, he calls you. And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, right there is an act of faith. In those days, the garment that you wore, especially for those that were there begging, he couldn't be there legally. He'd be arrested for begging unless he had legal right to be there. And the garment that he wore identified him as, the, as a person who'd been, who'd been examined, that he was blind and had a right to be there to beg because he could not work. And so he cast that away. Why? He knows he's not going to need it any longer. And Jesus answered and said, what would you that I should do unto you? Now, that seems like an interesting question when the blind man comes to you, asking him, what do you want? But the blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, go thy way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now, the word whole there is that word for saved or healed. Your faith has healed you. 
or your faith has saved you, or by your faith you have partaken of salvation. Now notice that. So the woman, it was by her faith. Here is a man by his faith, Jesus said to them. He didn't say it's by my power, even though he, we know he was anointed. But he said it was by your faith. Okay, that's, that's our part, is the faith part. Well, here's the great news, and Brother Hagin used to say this, if her faith can make her whole, if his faith can make him whole, your faith can make you whole. Amen? Amen? Oh, man, that's good news. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen? All right, let's look over in Luke chapter 8. Just a couple more verses here. Luke chapter 8. Now, here, let's read verse 48. This is the end of what we read in Mark 5, 34. This is Luke's account. And he said to her, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Again, your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. While he yet spoke, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying, your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Now, you remember, it's in Mark and it's here also, that Jesus, when the woman came and touched him, he's on his way to, I, I say Jairus, I don't know how you say his name, Jairus or Jairus, ever how you say his name. He's on his way to Jay's house, okay? Let's just say, let's call him Jay. Jay's a ruler of the synagogue. His daughter lies at the point of death. He came to Jesus. He came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you'll come lay hands on her, my daughter will live. All right? And so Jesus, he's going with him to the house. Okay? Well, on his way to the house and the multitude there thronging him, this woman comes up behind him and touches him. She's healed instantly. Jesus said to her, as we have the conversation, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. But then right on the, right on the, on the you know, heels of that, some people came from this ruler's house, this ruler of the synagogue, Jairus' house, and said, look, your daughter already died. Don't, bother, don't trouble the master any longer. Now, I want you to see something here. They told him a fact, but then told him a lie. They told him, they said, your daughter has dead. Now, that was a fact as far as they knew it. She's dead. But then they lied to him. They said, don't bother the master. What was the lie? Don't trouble Jesus. He can't do anything about it. Now, you know, you know, we probably all experienced this at some point in life. Where the devil's come to us and said, now, I know this, but but don't, don't trouble you can't, no, don't even pray about that. You can't, look, devil, don't tell me, don't, don't, ta- don't ever think I can't do it. Go to the word and say, what's possible here? All right. Now look what happens here. Very next verse. But when Jesus heard, he answered him and said, fear not, believe only. I love, I love one translation says that brings out, says, keep on believing. See, the man believed when he came to Jesus. If you laid my hand, your hands on my daughter, she'll live. What difference does it make to God if she already died? Think about it. Think about that. Have you ever thought? I, th- I was thinking about this the other day. I was, I was teaching in one of the classes at, at school, and uh, we, we read the scripture of Mary and Martha. Do you remember that story? They're there at the house, and Martha's working hard, you know. She's preparing this meal for Jesus, all of his father. Jesus is in there talking about God and preaching to him. And Mary's just sitting there. Martha's all worked up. She's all upset. 
all right? She comes in there and says, Jesus, I'm in here working hard, preparing everything, and my sister Mary, here's Mary, my younger sister, she's out here doing nothing, not even helping. And Jesus said, Martha, you're worried about a lot of things. But Mar- Mary here has chosen the best part. Now, why, why is it interesting here? Well, when you read that, you can go back just a few chapters, wherever that, in, in John, especially in John, and go back in a few chapters. Jesus had already, before that time, fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And we're worried about a little meal here in the house, and this guy can do that if necessary. Look, let's quit worrying about what we're going to eat. Let's give attention to what's real. That's, that, to me, is, is the irony of that whole thing. Martha, Martha was worried about it. Mary chose the best thing. Let's listen to Jesus. Listen, we can eat afterwards if we have to. He, you know, we'll bring what we have, and Jesus will multiply it. And... Amen. I mean, but sometimes we limit God. But when you live by faith, there's no limit. You don't limit God. Because you know, you, know the, you know how much grace God has and how much he's provided. And you know what salvation means. See? We know what it means. So he told him, he said, keep on believing and she shall be what? Made whole. Just like that woman. Same word. Made whole. Even though she's dead. Same. To save. He even raised, and we know what happened. He went. He told him. And there, you know, in those days they had professional uh, mourners would come to, you could hire, they would come and they'd cry and wail and go on. Now we don't do that so much here in our country, but I've been in countries where a funeral is a big deal. And I've seen, I've seen them going down the road. They got, they got palm branches and they're waving them. And the, you know, the person's there in the, in the truck or the cat and they're waving and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're making a big show about this. All right. And that's the, that's the culture that is. And that was the kind of culture there. But Jesus came and said, why are you crying? She's not dead, she's asleep. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. They laughed at him. Basically said, look, preacher, what do you know about it? But he got them all out of there, took her by the hand and said, made arise. And her spirit came again, she rose up. Glory to God. Made whole. Don't quit believing. Don't quit believing. Don't stop believing just because you got a bad report. Don't stop believing just because you heard somebody said something contrary or gave you some facts that were contrary to what you know is the truth. You go to the doctor and they say, well, you got this or that. That's all right. You don't have to tell the doctor that they're insane. No, they gave you the facts. But go back to what does the truth say. The truth says by Jesus stripes I'm healed. So the truth, body, you got to line up with what the word of God says. Or you can just go back and say, I'm saved. No, I'm saved from this disease. I'm saved from this. Amen. All right, one last place, Romans chapter 10 then. Now, see, we've already, all of us, if you're a Christian here in one form or another, and, you know, we don't make, you know, there's no formula, if you will, to be saved other than to believe. But in one form or another, we've all come through this uh, and have received salvation or we've been born again. We've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if you will. But it comes through this one, it comes through this way. But I want you to see that it's all about, it's, it, it totally agrees with everything we've been saying tonight, tonight about this, okay? Verse 9 and 10, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Now, see, there's believing, right? And then saying something. What do we have to, what do we have to say and believe? That God has raised Jesus from the dead. What do, how many of you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Amen. All right? All right? 
you shall be saved. Do you know you can be made whole, you can be healed because Jesus was, God raised Jesus from the dead? You can be kept safe because God raised Jesus from the dead. You can be preserved if you need preserving because God raised Jesus from the dead. You can be delivered because God raised Jesus from the dead. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. What does that mean? With our heart, what we believe puts us in that right place with God. And with the mouth, we confess what, what we've been saved from. Confession is made unto salvation. Glory to God. See, it's not hard. It's not hard to be saved by grace through faith. When you know what the word of God says. All right. Now, uh, I'll just leave, with it, leave you with this. Go, always go to God's word. What does God's word say about my situation? Find out what God's word says. And don't just read it once. Read it over and over again. And not just one verse. Find other scriptures that, that, that uh, agree with that. All right. The Bible says this out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. All right, find at least two or three scriptures, but there's probably there's a whole lot. And see what, what's promised you in the Word of God, and then just start declaring, I see it in the Word, I, I, I believe it, I believe because God raised Jesus from the dead, it belongs to me, and so therefore I'm saying, this is mine. I have it. Amen? How many of you have, you, how many of you have ever told somebody you're going to heaven? How many of you have told that? Have you ever been to heaven? But you're sure it's there, aren't you? If you're a Christian, you know it's there. You've never seen it, have you? But you believe you're going. And you've told people, yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. See, you did it. You, you've been doing this in other areas. You don't even know it. All right? Amen? The same thing's true in all these other areas, too. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for these precious people. And thank you for your word, Father. Your word is true. Let your word be true, Father God. Hallelujah. It's a light into our path, a lamp and a light for us. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Let it be done. Let your will be done here on the earth just as it is in heaven. We give you the praise tonight, Father God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that when we believe in our heart, confess it with our mouth, we receive and partake of the salvation that's been provided by your grace. Thank you, Father, for saving us, for healing us, for delivering us, for keeping us safe. Father, by grace, through faith. Hallelujah. And Father, I thank you right now that you keep us safe and preserve us from any type, from the coronavirus. Dear Lord, that's not of you, God. And I thank you, Father God, that we don't have to live in fear in Jesus' name. For we're saved. I'm saved from the coronavirus. We're saved from the coronavirus. Because you raised Jesus from the dead. It will not come near my dwelling. It's, it doesn't, it's not allowed. And we thank you for it, Father. Father, I thank you for this 91st song. You said no plague would come near our dwelling. So this can't come near our dwelling. Just like the swine flu didn't come near. Just like H1N1 didn't come near. Just like the Hong Kong flu didn't come near. You kept it away from me all these years, Father God. All these things haven't come near my dwelling. And this isn't either. I thank you, Father God. I praise you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to go back and think about all the things. You know, you know every year there's something that's going to kill you, right? How many, how many of you died from Ebola? No, none of us died from Ebola, right? But it was going to. It was going to kill us all. Bless their hearts. We don't have to live in fear. Amen? We don't have to live in fear. We can go with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glenn and Heather, come. If you need prayer tonight for anything, 
Glenn and Heather are here to pray with you. They're going to pray with you according to the word of God. And uh, we know that God will, you won't, like we, Pastor Hagen says this all the time, you won't leave here like you came. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand together. If you need prayer, come on up. On up. Otherwise, you can, we will dismiss right now in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Love you so much.